What were you telling me about the White Claw just a second ago? I love oh, the, the analogy. Dude, the, the White Claw is a genius, first of all. I love it. Um, actually, I mean, not particularly. I don't, I don't really love the taste necessarily, but I, I, White Claw in general is amazing because this is um, now... It's like what Jewel is to cigarettes, White Claw is to beer, right? Definitely. Because, you know, I actually like beer, but objectively, like the first time you ever tasted a beer when you were really young, you took, you drank it. I mean, we like it now because it has alcohol in it and you have acquired taste and stuff, but like the first time you have it, it tastes like fucking it's gross. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. gross. Same thing with a cigarette, dude. People yeah. like cigarettes. You can, a, good, a cigarette can be very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. After, you know, after you smoke it for All sorts for of a different while, times. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but the first Me and you shared you, a Newport on the side of the road one day. Exactly, yeah. The, but the first cigarette you ever have... It's terrible. Probably not the best tasting yeah. thing you've ever had. So <laughs> now that everyone's becoming white conscious or uh, becoming um, health conscious and stuff, yeah. dude, the whole idea with the 100 calories... Dude, it's a, it's a, it's a vodka soda with mm-hmm. some flavor in it. Yeah. 5%. And it's fucking crazy it's, how it's blowing up. It's doing dude, great. It's, it, it is crazy, man. I, if I were as a beer company, I'd start producing this immediately. Everybody has Natty Light. Like even they got white, white Claw ASMR. Well, no, oh. they didn't even pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is free. We, I was saying, I was talking for earlier. I was like, I was like, we need White Claw to advertise on our <laughs> show, and we're like, White Claw is the last company even... that needs any advertising. They would probably pay us not to promote them, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh, but there's a bunch of companies jumping on it. Like Truly's in the game, mm-hmm. but even, not even just. Like, I heard white... that shit sucks though compared to White Claw. I don't know, man. You got to have like, if I was White Claw, I'd just start Truly, so I'd have two brands, so that everybody could argue with them. And I'm, I'm winning oh, them both. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Is that what you'd really do? Yeah, for sure. That's genius. Yeah, that is genius. you got to win both sides, but then you got to like start little fights. Yeah, for, start for the each beef. Size. Yeah, start the beef, <laughs> and the beef like it just makes everything grow, dude. We suck those like YouTube people, man. The if you start beef, it's not like you're gonna destroy the other. It just makes them both grow, right? dude. Yeah, same in the music industry, like rap yeah. beef, rappers beefing. Yeah, dude. If I were white, white claw, I'd buy both brands and I'd run commercials <laughs> trashing the other brand, trashing them both. Yeah, yeah that's genius. <laughs> 
and maybe like promote one a little more hardcore on like the east coast and one on the west coast yeah. or something oh, start like God. a little like state by state battle or something oh my that's God. next level that is next level if you need marketing help <laughs> that's next level marketing. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we gotta do like an intro for this for you clayton clayton johnson ladies and gentlemen is a digital marketing entrepreneur genius from medellin colombia I'm and not from Medellin, if you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me, give me the factual uh, background of Clayton Johnson and who you are. Okay, uh, for what's relevant, I'm Clayton Johnson. I am the CMO of a company called The Hoth, H-O-T-H, um, and it's an SEO company uh, based here in St. Pete, Florida. Um, it's been growing pretty quickly. Last three years, we got an INC 5000 list, uh, three years in a row. So uh, it's pretty cool, and that's pretty much what I do. So I love marketing, all things marketing. Uh, grew up in Indiana, lived in Chicago for five years, moved to Medellin, Colombia for three years, and then uh, now in St. Pete. Damn. Hanging out with you. What is the INC 5000? INC 5000 is the, it's the top growing companies in the U.S., so the fastest growing companies. That's crazy. So yeah. the Hoth, your, your marketing company, is the, one of the fastest growing. Yeah, we hit it three times in a row. So Not just marketing companies, but just any company. A, any company in the U.S., uh, or anybody that applied, so. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty badass, dude. But yeah, that's what a marketing company should be, right? They should be one of the yeah. fastest growing companies. If you're <laughs> yeah. good at marketing, marketing helps create sales and grow businesses, so yeah. you better be on that list, and so we've been smashing. And it's in downtown St. Pete? Downtown St. Pete, yeah. I'm very familiar Worldwide, with baby, actually. <laughs> Worldwide, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, main office is in St. Pete. It used to be a virtual company, so we used to like not have an office. And actually, to be honest, the vast majority of people that work at the Hoth um, are not in the office. Like yeah. we literally have hundreds or maybe even thousands of people that are working freelance for us. Um, and they live all over the world. So we have, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, so it's kind of like the, um, Uber for journalism kind of, or Uber for, for uh, search engine marketing or how, how do you, what do you call that when people are, are developing content that also helps boost your search results is that that's pretty much one of the main products that you guys have yeah well i mean if we're talking about the freelancers like we have 500 people on one team um and they're content creators so essentially for seo in order to it's all about ranking on search engines right if you you know people are typing in questions about your products (laughs) and services that you're selling every day right and so in order to show up there you got to have some kind of content like that actually ranks so we help people create that content, and that could be in the form of like blog posts, for instance. That if you have a question like how how much does it cost to remodel my home, right? That would be like a, a piece of content you want on your website. Somebody's got to write that, and so we help a lot of businesses write that type of content. And we have enough, uh, you know, customers and orders and all that kind of stuff to provide five hundred people uh, with work. Damn. So that's what the that's what the majority of those people are doing. They are literally everywhere. Um, in the U.S. or they can even be outside, you know, worldwide. Yeah. And literally just working from their homes or whatever. But they're trained by us, writing like really good content for our clients. That's crazy. And you're you're so young. Your company is is so massive to build something like that. That's just digital and and all on the internet and all based on on people all over the world, freelancers. It's like a very a very modern type of business. <clears throat> yeah, man, 100%. I mean, this is like a whole new economy that we're kind of yeah. like uh, entering into with people being able to work from wherever they want, whenever they want. I mean, think yeah. about, uh, yeah, like you said, like Uber. Uber like allows pretty much anybody that has a car to have a job right now, and you can turn it off, uh, turn it on and off whenever you want. Is that why the company grows so fast? Is that what's allowed you guys to hit that 
Inc. 5000 list every year because the model is built like that so you can scale up super fast? Kind of. To some extent, yeah. I mean, just because you hire freelancers doesn't mean your company is going to grow. You have to sell the products first, right? You have to sell the services. So that is the big thing. But there is a great thing about, um, you know, the freelance model um, in terms of keeping controlling costs, right? As you scale up, controlling like human human labor is like your number one cost in a business. And in this case, um, if you were to hire people that work in the office, that's you have to have enough work for one person to work 40 hours every single week all the time. And then also on top of that, there's we pay benefits and have like all this different stuff. Not everybody wants that as a job. Some people want to work one hour a day. Some people want to work five hours a day. Some people want to work uh, 10 hours a day, right? Some people want to work in a week and then take another week off. Some people want to they just have the freedom, right? And mm-hmm. the way our system works is, you know, kind of like Uber. You can literally, there's a list of tasks. And after you're approved and trained to work for us, you just log in. You click, I want a new article. You write the article, and then you send it in. That's it. You can stop working. You can do more, whatever you want to do. It's a lot like, like a lot like Fiverr or one of those gig-based companies where, depending on wherever, whatever your creative skill is, whether it be writing, video editing, photography, graphic design, you can basically go in, find a bank of jobs that need to be done, and pick what you want to do, and then get paid for it. You know, ours is a little different because we, like, actually train everyone that comes in, and they're, like, okay, it's yeah. very specific okay. um, for what they, what they do. All the writers are trained on exactly how to write it you know in an seo optimized way mm-hmm. how to write for web how to do interlinking right. they have to be good that kind of cer- they have to have a certain hit a certain level before uh, they can actually yeah, be approved to yeah. do those jobs yeah actually we only hire like the top one percent of writers like literally for every 100 people apply we only hire one percent wow uh, or one person um, crazy, but dude. in terms of the model yes uh like the whole economy of being able to like the gig economy right it's blowing up it's changing like the way people work now and i think that's actually one of the reasons that we are successful we sell we sell the services really well because we're a marketing company but that allows us to scale and keep our costs you know right in line where they need to be mm-hmm. what did you say you went to college for and you went to college in Chicago? No, I went to college at Indiana University. Oh, in Indiana. And, yeah, and, and at the time, they called my degree telecommunications, which sounds... Maybe I've, a, I've never heard of that. It, it, it's because it won the award for the worst name of a degree to get uh, ever Telecommunications. Yeah. Yeah. So you went. To, you got a degree for telemarketing? Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds yep. like. Yeah. I, I lo- Good thing like I own my own company now, so I don't have to put that on a resume. <laughs> you know, because people would be like, what? Um, no, but I was going to like work on movies and stuff too. <laughs> like I made like a documentary. I did like media studies. That's so wild. You know, th- things like that. So dude, it's kind of <laughs> the thing about now today is whatever you study, it's like irrelevant because all the information you could ever want to learn is online. Like you can pick any career path. It's crazy. Yeah. How did you get a degree? How did you get a degree in telecommunications wanting to make films and documentaries and movies? And how did you train? How did you transition into working or starting this company? Yeah, a marketing company. Well, I worked on a, a couple films in Indiana. I actually worked on one. Um, you know, Kevin Sorbo. No. Um, Kevin Sorbo used to do that one. Tr- he had the he had the sword. I'll look it up. Um, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. <laughs> you'll 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 know who the guy is, and then you'll be like, oh, that that dude. Um, shit, what was the name of the uh, of the show? Hercules. Do you remember Hercules? Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. If you see a picture, you'll be like, yes, that yes, guy. Yes, I know okay. who he is. So he was the main actor on this dude, film. Dude, he is old. Well, he is now, probably. This is, dude, I graduated in 2008. So this is. From college? Yeah. So this is like 11 years ago. Because okay. I'm old now. Okay. Time goes fast. Um, but anyway, uh, 
so yeah, I wanted to work on movies, so I worked on a movie that was being filmed in Indiana, and he was the main actor. And I was like, this is fucking cool, dude. Hmm. Fucking Hercules. And I went up to that dude. This is funny. Uh, I went up to him. It was, I was like really scared because it was my first movie I've ever worked on. I was a PA, so you know, I got there first. Lo- I was the last one to leave, just running all the time. I was like just trying to. Do you remember the name of the movie? No, I don't remember. I can find it though. But I was like so scared because I was like, man, this is maybe going to be my future. And I went up to him. I was like, uh, Mr. Sorbo, hey, I'm Clayton. Uh, this is the first movie I ever uh, worked on. Do you got any advice for me? He goes, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. I was like, fucking Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I worked on that movie, and it was fucking horrible, and I hated it. What did you do? What, what, were you, what were you doing every day? Like, running, I was like running just, coffee around? Yeah, I was like running. I went to get the director like his prescription, and he didn't have a prescription. <laughs> so like, I had to get the pharmacist to call his oh. doctor, and I sat there and waited while they did it. He's like, I can't get a hold of the doctor. So I was like, I can't come back without this fucking prescription. This is my first movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And then they treated me like total shit. Shit. And I was like, fuck the movie industry. I'm going to start a marketing company and make millions of dollars that way. Dude, that's a great idea. That, I yeah. was a PA on Dolphin Tale. Yeah. The Warner Brothers movie that was in here. And it was a lot just like, it was like working on a construction site. So my first job was construction. Yeah. It was just like working on a construction site. Got and a lot man. of those guys, a lot of those guys that like work in those different departments, like there's electrical, there's camera, there's yep. sound, there's all this different, yep. they're all just like carnies with dental plans. That's what they call themselves. I don't know, man, but I, those guys work hard as fuck. Yeah, they and, do. And like, <clears throat> if there was some little kid that was like bright-eyed bushy tails, I'd beat him down too. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I can understand it now that I'm a little bit older, but at the time it was just so demoralizing. Like, just, I just got treated like I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. But that's the way it is. So then how did you get into starting the Hoth? So yeah, my, my homies in um, in Chicago, actually one of my friends that I, I graduated with, we reconnected um, when I moved to Chicago. And he was like um, studying marketing, doing affiliate marketing, started the company. Affiliate comp- marketing. Yeah, affiliate marketing. And um, started, a company, uh, started the company and then he was like, dude, you got to come on here. And so I joined like super early on and then just started smashing ever since, you know. Started smashing, yeah, smashing that like button. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, like, dude, like, I didn't know anything about SEO. They don't, they don't teach SEO in college. I thought SEO was dead. Yeah, you think SEO is dead? It's not, dude. Is Google dead? Hell no. No, it's like one of the biggest companies (laughs) in the world, dude. It's growing every day. So as long as there's organic search results, you know, SEO will not be dead. Um, So you know, the cool thing is, like, I didn't study any of that, right? And so. You can literally learn anything online, and that's kind of how I learn SEO. There's so many resources and courses and all kinds of different stuff. Well, I, I do that all the time. Still do it, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Anything you want to learn is online. Every time yeah. I've, anything I've ever learned, like doing this kind of shit or making video, everything I've learned was from like a YouTube video or an article that I searched. It's a great thing because, you know, um, when I was. Um, I grew up in Indiana and I was not poor, you know, but I got like a ton of financial aid. Like most of my college was paid for by financial aid just cause you know, whatever. Um, and you know, I saw people that were like, um, dude, I can't go to college or something, you know? And at, at some point in the past, that would have been like a really bad thing. Like going to college was kind of like a ticket, like golden ticket. Now it doesn't fucking matter at all, no. dude. And in, in fact, it's like. Almost there. There's a very good case for going to college is a fucking horrible idea. You know what I mean, right? Dude, four year, dude. If I uh, there's this dude I follow, Alex Becker. He's super smart. Um, but he made a big case for. He's like, look, if I had a course, and I told you it was four years to t- you had to take my course for four years, and every year it costs uh sixty thousand dollars, 
and there's no guarantee that you get anything out of it at the end, dude, right. that would be a fucking scam, bro. He would be in jail. But that's exactly what college is like right now. But student loans are the one thing you can't escape for some reason. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that sucks. Bernie yeah. said he's going to wipe them out. Yeah, except Bernie comes in, he's going to wipe them out. I don't okay. know about that. We'll right. see. Well, I mean, <laughs> Shout out, Bernie. I, I, dude, I think that there's going to be a huge revolution. Uh, you know, like, we're, uh, this is kind of a theme tonight that we're talking about is, like, this new economy of how people are working and stuff. It's kind of crazy is because, like, if someone came to me and they're a dope programmer and they didn't go to college versus a programmer that went to college, I don't give a fuck. You know, I, I care about if they can do the job and they can do the job right and they can do the job well. And if somebody is so motivated that they went and learned it on their own, there's a good chance that, you know, that's going to, could be even better. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. for sure. Well, I mean, like for me, like I didn't go to college for marketing and I can out market like m- many people that come in to, you know, that went to college. The office, you know, dude, we have masterminds where people pay $50,000 and they come in. I do like a day with them. You know what I'm saying? And these are very smart, savvy marketers. So, you know what I'm saying? I didn't learn any of that stuff from college or anything. Like, I learned, you learn that in the trenches in books and courses and just getting after it. Yeah. And you ran the company out of Medellin, Colombia for a while? Well, like I said, it was like a virtual company because you can start a company without That was in actual, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can start a company without an office now. It's great. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be a legit virtual company. Um, there's, a, there's a company right now called Zapier. You ever heard of it? No. That Zapier, like, uh, if you ever want to be like, hey, uh, fill this form, and then I want it to send it to an email, or I want it to, like, go into a Google Doc or something like that, Zapier connects all the APIs online. Eh, okay. Anyway, it's a big company that a lot of people use. Okay. All right. They have 200 employees, and they are 100% virtual, dude. You can totally- Is it like a lead generation type thing? No, no, no. It just connects all types of apps. You want to connect okay. Salesforce to Wufu. You okay. want to connect like any kind of app that right. you, you would normally need a programmer to connect. Right. You need this lead to go over here. Okay. That's what it does. Wow. So, but anyway, the whole point is that it's a virtual company. It's got it's a, it's a big one. It controls a lot of part, a lot of parts of the internet. Two hundred employees, one hundred percent virtual, dude. You can totally do a virtual company, and that's kind of the way we operated for a long period of time. Two hundred employees is kind of a lot of employees. That's a lot. Fuck yeah, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of employees. Are you kidding? <laughs> so, um, you can totally run a virtual company. So when when I moved to Medellin in twenty fourteen, um, we we were a virtual company. Um, but we only had a handful of people. Um, I mean, we clearly had like a ton of people um, that were like freelancers, but it was always like that. I'm talking about like core team. And then in 2014, we actually weren't as big as we were now. I mean, I went through like a big personal transformation in right before I moved to right before and during when I moved to Medellin. Why? Um, this is like where everybody that's like stuck, you know, right before you have this big breakthrough. It's always like something internal, dude. It's it's always something about you. Uh, you think it's like your situation that's holding you back or something, but it's like it's totally internal. Yeah. And that's what happened to me, man. Uh, so I was in Chicago, and I was um, Chicago is like one of the best places on earth um, during the summer, and then the winter, <laughs> yeah. and the winter is coming. <laughs> and then so one so one summer or one uh, winter, it was my fifth year there. The um, I was on my 18th month of winter, um, dude, because it's so fucking long. It's horrible, dude. God damn. Anyway, um, so the company was, like, just kind of stalled, and I didn't know marketing at the time. I was not that good. I was I used to run ops. I used to run operations for it. Okay. And um, uh, 
dude, I was on the 18th month of winter and it wasn't growing and I wasn't growing and I was like getting kind of frustrated and I was just, every night I would just, uh, drink. I would go and I would grab, you know, I put on like my, uh, a coat and scarf and everything waddled down to this little corner liquor store, get a bottle of gin, come back, make gin sodas because I was trying to save a little calories, you know, because I was still self-conscious. You drink by yourself or you go to bars? Fuck yeah, I drink by myself. I, dude, uh, and I would sit there and I would watch How I Met Your Mother just get fucked up every night, dude. And then I'd wake up in the morning and I would like try to work, I'd work as much as I could until I couldn't anymore and then I would start drinking again. So I was like a functional, alcohol, a functional alcoholic, you know. And um, were, not you, like, were you drinking it all at work or no? No, no. Work was my table, dude. It was a virtual company. I would work at home. Oh, shit. You were working in your apartment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole company was virtual. Okay, I thought yeah. maybe, maybe you guys had like a like a, like a a universal space you guys worked in, maybe. No, no, no. In no. Chicago? No. No? Okay. Uh, no, there's, there was an office. It's a virtual company, a.k.a. no office. What I meant was maybe you guys still had like a... Now it's different. Okay. Now it's different. But yeah, we literally had no office. So um, uh, I would just watch How I Met Your Mother, which, you know, you can watch... That brainless, you know. So I've never that. seen that. So anyway, the the winter time was hard on me, man. It was really, it was hard, like emotionally. And there was one day I woke up and I was working, and I just like couldn't work anymore. I like literally just went up from the desk, like, and I sat on the couch, and I felt like this pressure on my chest. Like I laid down, and I just felt like someone was pressing on my chest, and I was like, it was kind of hard to breathe. And that moment, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like. And so I had this, like, immediate thing that's like, dude, you have to change. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, first of all, fuck Chicago winter, never doing this shit again. I'm moving somewhere else. And then I was like, where should I go? Uh, let's go to Medellin, Colombia. I'm going to sell everything that I have and let's fucking go. So that's exactly what I did. Uh, you know, I planned for it. My lease got up, sold everything. Why Colombia? Well, the cool thing is, uh, you know, someone actually invited me there, like, the year before. So I went for, like, one month before. Okay. And then I met some cool friends, and I was like, I can just go back there, you know. So yeah. just that one little trip, it's like dipping your toe in the water yeah. is enough to make you have the confidence to be able to go. Mm. So that's what I did, man. And I moved to Colombia, and when I got there, um, you know, I just started changing everything, right? And I think that I was looking for something. I didn't know what it was, but I was looking for something. And the cool thing is that sometimes when you go looking for something, you find it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of it was for me. Not that Medellin in particular has like something magical, which I do think it is magical. But the idea that, you know, this like thing happened to me, like this, that moment I remember where it's just like I, it was a breaking point of like struggle. So it was just like I couldn't grow, didn't know what I was doing, middle of Chicago winter. And that was a breaking point, And I was like, I have to go find something. And I went looking and just did that big break. And as soon as that happened, like everything changed. I started looking for um, how to like get up in the morning, how to start a morning routine, how to like set goals. And then I was also in a really good, like new environment with no fucking snow. <laughs> yeah, way better. Hell yeah. yeah. And all that shit started happening and I started, you know, just mapping it all out. And then, you know, you could just, you just, you can just see like in every way from like, if you look at our like revenue growth, you could just see like, boom, uh, October, 2014, yeah, <laughs> like that. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. We were wow. we were stalled out for like a whole year. We were doing the same revenue every month. Now there was a time where you sold the company, right? Or where so, yeah. some people came in and bought, purchased the company, but you stayed, you stayed with the company during the tr the transition or whatever. Did that happen before or after you moved to? Uh, that was before. That was before. So, okay. so like uh, we sold it in twenty thirteen, like early twenty thirteen, something like that. Okay. Um, sold it to another company. 
and mm. then the other founders left and I stayed on and mm. we got a little bump and revenue and then we flatlined and then that that whole like at the end of that first year of just flatlining that's when that mm. kind of happened I think that right before you moved there was maybe the first time I met Mark oh yeah during that hostomania times dude I love Mark. He's a, crazy, <laughs> he's a crazy dude. Mark is one of the owners of the company that, that yeah. bought the Hoth. Yeah. Yeah. And I met him during the Hostomania when we, this I this company idea he had where he wanted Hulk Hogan to be like a competitor for GoDaddy. And it was like a Hulk Hogan-based, uh, uh, what do you call it, hosting company. It's a Hostomania. Hostomania. Yeah, right? yeah, I got looped into that project for like 20 minutes, too. <laughs> <laughs> So Hulk hit me up. He's like, hey, I need you to shoot a commercial for these internet guys. They want to do a, a hosting company all about me. We're going to take down the host gator, brother. Yeah, dude. So that's, how I, that's how I met Mark doing that wrecking ball. We did it. Oh, yeah. We put him on the wrecking ball, and Hulk Hogan smashed through. That was famous, dude. That will live on internet history forever. That will. <laughs> Hulk genius. Hogan wrecking ball. Just search that on YouTube. That's a genius. And then I remember shortly after that, they invited me to Vegas, and then I remember him and David like on the computer, like, check out this Hoth. It's this new thing we got. Look at this. Yeah. Five grand a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were like, like a little baby company at that. I mean, not baby company. I mean, we did. We were doing maybe like a, a million dollars in revenue or something. A, a year, year. A year. A year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was a successful company. But What's it do now? Can you talk about that or no? Uh, yeah. I mean, our numbers are in the INC list. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So probably do do like a, a million and a half per month right now. So. Per month? Yeah. Quite a bit of growth. Yeah, what what was the uh, the difference between when you made that change? Like, how much money were you making then, and then when you changed and went to Columbia, and you saw that big spike? Like, what was the difference? Um, we were probably making like between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars a month um, when I went to Columbia, and then now we make like one point five million dollars a month. <sighs> so there's like a fifteen x growth um, in the last like handful of years, whatever. It's like four yeah. years. So. God, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what specifically did you do in Colombia that that made that that change? Um, lots of things, man. I think like th- there's some like obvious shit that's not taught, and it actually made me mad about school. It made me mad about like how like <laughs> there's so many. They didn't things teach you that, none of it. Yeah, there's so many like really really important things that if you want to do shit, you need to know these things, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is like personal stuff, like how do you perceive the world? Like one of the things is. Um, uh, take 100% responsibility for everything. Like, mm. a lot of people go through and they're like, oh, this situation happened to me. I fucking can't do this because this is whatever. It's like you have to eliminate that shit. You have to eliminate any kind of complaining. And you have to just take responsibility for everything and be like, dude, whatever. This is my responsibility. Like, it's not your situation. It's you. All the time. doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Like, that's just a mentality thing. And that, uh, it's hard because being like, oh, this person did this thing to me or this happened to me. Like, that's an easy way out. You know, that feels good because mm-hmm. you're, like, saying, I don't have any of that responsibility. You know, like, that's not my fault, you know. And when you go, like, shit, maybe it's my fault or maybe I just have to take responsibility for it any- anyway. Like, that's fucking hard to do. But ultimately, that gives you confidence, you know, yeah. because you, you are the one that can actually fucking do something about it now. Mm-hmm. It gives you, like, that ability to be like, all right. I'm taking fucking responsibility for this and I'm going to do something about it. You know, I don't care if it was right or wrong or mm-hmm. whatever. Something happened to me because it's now my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the power. Now you got the power yeah. to change shit. Okay. And dude, people can change. You can change a lot of shit. You can fucking change everything, dude. And you did change everything. Fuck yeah, I changed everything. <laughs> Are you kidding? Dude, there's so many crazy shits that happened 
so many crazy things that happened in, in Colombia in terms of like mentality yeah. that that made me believe that this is true. And it's hard. Like if your shit is not going very well or you're stuck or whatever, it's like almost impossible to believe that what I'm saying is true mm-hmm. until you like start seeing it like little things. Um, what, if I could like reel back everything to one thing that I kind of like focus back on that helps is just this uh, this phrase of think about what you want not what you don't want. So most of the time that if you feel like super bad or whatever, you're, you're almost always thinking about what you don't want. You're like, oh man. I'm you're running away from things yeah. instead of running towards things. Well, it's you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh man, I didn't get this raise or I didn't get this money or this fucking shit's hard or whatever. You're, you're thinking about the shit that you don't want. What you do want is you want to get the money or you want to get the viewers or you want to get whatever. And so if you only focus on that and you start thinking like, okay, how could I get it? Your mind starts getting really creative on different ways that you could try. Mm-hmm. You know, and as soon as you start feeling bad again, you just check yourself and go, "Wait, what am I thinking about? Is I'm thinking about something I don't want or what I do want?" Mm-hmm. Um well, let me give you an example. Uh here's one of the crazy things that happened is that uh I started dating a girl who's now my wife. Booyah. Uh, Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I started dating Wendy. She's Colombian, clearly. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is that, like, in the U.S., we get passports and we can go all over the world. So if I'm like, yo, do you want to go to uh, Costa Rica? You want to go to Paris? Whatever you want. We can just go. You don't even think about it. Just go. Not everybody in the world can do that. <laughs> like, you need, like, visas and stuff if you have a different kind of passport. So, for instance, in Colombia, if you have to come to the U.S., you have to get a tourist visa, which means you like, literally have to fly to – you have to apply, you have to fly to the capital, you have to go an in-person interview to get the visa to even come to the U.S., okay? Wow. And they deny lots of people. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so the people that they want to approve are people that are going to go back to Colombia, right? Because it's a, it's a tourist visa, Okay. And so they, the typical person that they're going to deny is like a a single girl, right? right? Who's getting married to come over here? Well, well, no, they they would typically deny somebody that's single and is a girl and doesn't have a lot of money because the likelihood that she's going to stay illegally in the U.S. is very low. Is very high. high, Right? They don't want people to stay stay in the U.S. illegal. Stay illegal. Yeah, they want people to come in and get the fuck back out. right? Right. They want to get so, back to Colombia. They want you to go back to Colombia. Right. Right. They don't want you to stay illegally in the U.S. because now. Yeah, but if you're a single girl, you're going to. Chances are you're going to go there. You're going to get married and then you're going to become a citizen. Right. It, it could happen like that. But they just don't. If on a tourist visa, they want people to leave the U.S. Okay. They want people to come in the U.S. and then leave. Yeah. And they want to make sure that you have a reason to go back. And if you don't have a reason, big reason to go back, they're probably going to deny you okay. your visa. So anyway. Um so uh, my friends had girlfriends that they wanted to show the U.S. to, right? A bunch of people from the my friends from the U.S. A bunch of expats. A bunch of expats living in Colombia, um, and they wanted to take their Colombian girlfriends. And they would they would apply and pay like a couple hundred bucks or whatever, hundreds of dollars to uh, apply for the visa. And uh, they would uh, fly them to Bogota, which is the capital. They would go through the interview. And guess what? Fucking denied. Like, I have one friend, sent his girl up there, boom, denied. Another friend, sent his girl up there, boom, denied. Another one, like three in a row, dude. And so I'm like, uh, I want Wendy to come meet my family and stuff. And I'm like, dude, we don't, the likelihood of this is going to happen is very low. You yeah. know, we just saw it. Like my friends, three people denied right in a row. So I went back to that mentality. Like, are you thinking about what you don't want or what you do want? Mm-hmm. And so we started thinking about like, okay, if we want to do it, how can we do it? What are we going to do differently? So we got lawyer. We got a plan. We uh, 
made made her have like a reason to go to the U.S. Yeah, you know? like we got her registered for a conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called up. I called up the conferences at Northwestern University. I was like, "Hey, it's an international student." She was like, "I mean, this is actually like a microbiology conference because that's what okay. she studies." Right. Uh, anyway, um, got them to send like a, a sealed letterhead like invitation that showed nice. it. And so when I had a lawyer and I had a lawyer practice questions with Wendy for like what's what's gonna you know how they're gonna do the interview and stuff. So she really prepared. So when she went to do the interview, um, she flew on the plane, sat next to a girl. You know, she was um, doing the same thing. She was going to go in and get a visa. And Wendy waited in line with this girl, and she went out, and she came out crying. She got her uh, – the other girl got denied. got denied. The other girl got denied. She was on the plane with. But yeah, but Wendy went in there and uh, crushed it. And came, Aced it. Came out with an approved. Wow, That's dude. Sick. I know, dude. That's <laughs> crazy. They give you the answer right then and there. Yeah, they do. Um but that's Damn. just like that's one of the crazy like examples of like doing this whole thing, this whole personal transformation that was like, dude, this shit's real. Like you can change anything by the way that you think. Um, so that's just one of the many things that happened that made me believe like the way I do now. Yeah, it's a whole different changing your whole your whole perspective on things. Yeah. So and, what and was it's not it's not like the situation, dude. It's like you, you know, it's like internal. It's the yeah. way you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not where you are. It's not. There's no ex- like like you said. There's no excuse that you can that you can make about your surrounding or your environment or or anything else. It's all in your head. You can make you can make excuses. You can do whatever the fuck that you want. Right, but the excuses but, are gonna do shit. But I mean, like, what do you want to do? Like, right. you are your biggest limiting factor. Right. You know. So. Hmm. You would think. Uh, well, I guess no. Chicago. I mean, is known for just booze and food. Yeah. What I mean, what is what is Medellin known for? I mean, that's it's known for fucking drugs and partying, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, that's kind of the weird. Ooh. Damn. What's that sound? I know we get that all the time. Fuck it. Traffic. Um, the that's the weird thing is that people know Medellin for what they've seen in the movies. Cocaine. You know? Cocaine. Right. And like, I, to be honest, I didn't I didn't know anything about Medellin before I moved there. I like Medellin was never on my list of places to go. Really? You know, I had like Rome. Paris, yeah, you know, Medellin wasn't one. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> Colombia. I was like, what, what, what the fuck is in Colombia? That's crazy because when you told me that you, I'd never been there, you'd, when, yeah. you, when, I, when you first told me that you lived there, I was like, holy shit! Because I've read books all yeah, about Colombia. Yeah. I've read like multiple books about it. Yeah, so. and dude, Colombia. So you know, they're, it's known for what happened in you know seventies, right. whatnot, eighties, right. um, Pablo Escobar. And whatnot, but the crazy thing is, like that shit died like a long time ago. You know, that did like died like fifteen plus years ago. That's been gone, and they've been trying to like change the reputation ever since. Mm-hmm. Not that drugs don't exist, but fuck, man, drugs exist everywhere. Chicago's a murder capital of you know the U.S. or at least was for a period of time. Right. And so, dude, there's drugs and murders everywhere in any big urban city. You know, but. It's really beautiful, though, because, I mean, for me, I have a personal connection to it for, well, many things. You got your wife there. I, got my, I, found, <laughs> yeah, I found my wife there, and uh, I had a great time there. And I met a lot of amazing people when I was there. But Medellin is, is, is kind of crazy. You just have to experience it for yourself. First thing is when you come into the city, it's in a valley. So you come in from the airport, and when you first get into it and you can see the valley there's like literally lights going up both sides it's the weirdest sight you've ever seen so it's like no matter where you are in Medellin from above or below you have a view so like because it's lights going up both sides of of the mountains it's crazy you gotta you gotta just check out a picture of it so you can see it yeah and then you come into Medellin and it's it's strange because on one hand it's like super developed 
um, in some downtown areas. Like, do you remember seeing the the picture of the building that I lived in? That oh was, yeah. yeah, super modern, super brand modern. new building. Yeah. yeah, crazy. But then you can also drive down the street ten minutes and see like what like kind of poverty that I've never seen before in my life. Um, so it has a little bit of both. Um, they're trying to really totally transform it, and actually they've done a really some really amazing things. Yeah, they have this thing called the Metro Cable, which um, essentially one of the hard things about poor communities is like you can't get like transportation to go get a job and especially in medellin with the geography like with going up the hills to walk down a fucking mountain to go get a job is literally impossible so right so that would mean poor communities stay poor so what they did is they put these crazy metro cable things that you can like get it's like little gondola things that ride on cables up above and they can go down, and you can yeah, ski lift. Yeah, ski lift kind of top like that, and it connects to the metro, which is like you know the the, the buses and mm-hmm. the um, uh, the trains that go all around the city. Wow! So it allows poor you know poor community poor communities have access, and so that that's a big thing. And then they're also like pushing for technology coming into the city and like doing kind of incubators and startups, and there's a startup scene there. Really, um, dude. There's a WeWork. There's uh, like young hustlers down there, like yeah. trying to start up big business, big uh, yeah, online marketing companies. Yeah, for sure. And there's like WeWork is down there. Oh, really? Yeah, WeWork. Wow. We, I mean, we WeWork has an office. There's a Y Combinator startup called Rappy. Um, y Combinator is, a, is like a startup accelerator, mm-hmm. and um, there's a company called Rappy that went through Y Combinator and then blew up in Colombia. Um. Crazy thing, dude. Uh, Rappy is a service. It's kind of like Uber Eats, but um, you know, Uber Eats is like doubles the price when you go get it because we're in America and mm-hmm. people need paid money and cars are expensive. Yeah. And shit. Well, in Colombia, where the cost of living is way lower, <clears throat> there's a lot more available workers, and they ride on like little um, motorcycles or like like mopeds or whatever, like all day. So they just zip around the city. And so the cost of labor is low. The ability to go get um, bring your mic a little bit closer. The, yeah, ability. You can scoot it if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ability to go get like stuff and pick it up is um, really fast. Yeah. And so to, to get something delivered there, it costs like a dollar or two, you know, yeah, like versus sick. like ten. That's wild. And so Rappy is a company that literally said like they just developed an app and they got a bunch of people like riding scooters all around town. And so Rappy blew up in Colombia. And what's crazy is you know how uh, Venezuela had, you know, like Venezuela economy like collapsed and a bunch of bad shit going on in Venezuela. A bunch of those people migrated to Colombia looking for jobs right at the same time that Rappi was blowing up. So all those people people that were – Yes, they're all available and they start working for Rappi. So Rappi like to some extent is saving the Venezuelan, you know, um, what do they call it? The people that are moving out of Venezuela. Really? It was wild and everyone loves it because now literally if you live in Colombia, you can get everything delivered to your house for like pennies. You know what I mean? so sick. Yeah, it is super sick. Wendy never left the house. (laughs) (laughs) You just order everything. You literally order. It's like having Amazon here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like room service for anything you want, like at your house. <laughs> is it true like most of the people in Colombia are super Christian? Because you were telling me that they, they really put Christmas on like a whole nother level in Colombia. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, like the Christmas lights are just like on a whole nother level. Like the whole city's lit up. and Dude, it is wild. Like I, I don't know if I can accurately judge like percentages of religious people yeah. in, in Colombia. I mean, there's... There's a lot of Christians, a lot of Catholics and stuff like yeah. that. 
But in general, the Christmas spirit is yeah. on, dude. It is on, dude. Every the single pictures house, are insane. Yeah, every single house has crazy lights, and I was like, dude, straight up, this is a business opportunity. If you want to sell lights, like you would sell lights to literally everyone. If you just search <laughs> Christmas lights in Columbia, yeah. dude, oh my god, and the, the pictures. parks are even in, more insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? The parks they go all out, dude. Lights everywhere. It's, it's like you're walking through a whole other fucking universe with all the lights they put up. But that's part of the Colombian spirit is they, they're like – they're very – they love celebrating. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, whether like things are going good or bad, like, uh, you know, people celebrate and they celebrate together. Uh, very like into the family, very into celebrating. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a cool thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird, dude. Think about little Indiana boy me. Like, going out to – the first time I went to Wendy's mom's house. And, like, dude, there it isn't like you go hang out with, like, Wendy's friends in a house. Like, they're, they live – most people live with their family until they get married. Yeah. Okay? In Columbia. In Columbia. Right. And then they still continue to, like, hang out with their family, like, all the time. Like, every weekend, you know? Yeah. Multiple times a week. Where, like, in the U.S. – I mean, this is very general. I'm just saying in general – we love independence, dude. Once we're out, we're, we're, you know, yeah, we're out. Right. But they, like, it's so, so family-oriented. So the first time, man. Yeah, they, everybody in, down there parties with their family all the time. Like, parties with You go party family. and you're yeah. going party with your parents and your brothers no, and sisters. Yeah, you're partying with your parents, brothers, sisters, yeah. aunt, uncle, grandpa. Yeah, everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah, the whole family, <laughs> yeah. dude. And the first time I went there, I'm like, there's 40 people at Whitney's house. You know, it's like every aunt, uncle, cousin, everything. And, and then, dude, they're doing like salsa dancing. And I'm like, a little white no nerd. Idea. Yeah, I'm a little white nerd. <laughs> I had no idea what's going on, man. Oh, man. But then, like, after you, because, like, the first time you hear that type of music, you're like, dude, what? And, and but then you get into it, and now I I, I love it. There's a special thing about it. That oh, they don't give a fuck. They just dance like there's no tomorrow, dude. Dude, and you think that, oh, dude. Like, you know, like in college, like they'll teach you to like blackout and like they're like, yeah, we party harder than anybody else. Dude, that, that shit is fucking nothing compared to Colombians, dude. <laughs> they <laughs> will literally party for days, dude. Oh, like all that cocaine. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I think they're they're good at pacing themselves, too. Yeah, and yeah. they also just straight love partying. Like, literally, I'll go and I'll drink too. I'll drink too much. I'll drink like I was taught in college. Like, get drunk. And then... Like, I'll go home and pass out, and then I'm getting, you know, pictures the next day with call or face chat, you know, like, Winnie's mom's, like, FaceTiming her or something, and they're like, where's Dale party? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, all night long, you're still going? Damn. Dude, it's wild. And it's not just like, oh, that happened one time. It happens every time. Every single time, dude. It's wild. I love it's that. A, it's a beautiful thing, dude. You got to go. And I want to like, go. You gotta, and you can't just like hang out with friends in Columbia. You got to go hang out with the Colombian family yes. and feel it. Yeah. Dude. You got to get stay, in there. Stay, with, stay, stay at somebody's house with their, fa- with their family and let them cook for you and do all that. Oh, yeah. They're going to cook. Dude, they have a system, man. They got like a whole system of how to party. They, they know the meals to make. What about the food? How is the food there? Food's good. Uh, there's, there's a lot to say. Cause, like, I mean, Chicago's okay, got like, good food, too. Look, it's not a gastronomic center of the world. Like, if you go to, like, Italy, man, Italian food is amazing, you know, or whatever. Or Mexico, maybe. Like, Mexico is a gastronomic center. Um, Colombia is not like that. Colombia is not like, oh, man, yes. It's a typical Latin American food, which is, like, meat, rice, and beans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not to say that's not good. You can have some fucking great meat, Sounds rice, great. and beans. Yeah. But, you know, there's not a ton of um, – it's not a gastronomic center. With that said, that there's still some very uh, amazing Colombian dishes. 
Um, uh, had Nothing some, to write home uh, about. I had no. There is some really good stuff, um, but uh, you know, I, I, you can't compare it to like in Italy or something. Right, like right, that. right. Of course. And one of the things about interesting about Medellin is like um, in the in the area. Medi- Medellin. Well, they call it Medellin. Okay, so like in the double L's in Spanish, it's usually like ya. Medellin. It looks like it looks okay. like Medellin. So if you're a U.S. and you're <laughs> white, dude, can't pronounce anything. Uh, it's Medellin. <laughs> If you pronounce it like Spanish, you know, with the double L's, it'd be like Medellin. But colloquially, um, in there, they pronounce double L's like a hard J, like Medellin. Medellin. Yes. Uh, similarly, like they would say, like, uh, como te llamas, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the Th- double they L's say like, como te llamas? Yeah. Okay. Like, the double L is a hard J. Oh, wow. So, anyway. Instead like, of, like, a Y. Yeah. Many Yep. Yeah. So, um, oh, fuck, what was I saying? Some... Some stupid, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Oh, made- I was saying, I was saying in Medellin, um, the uh, it's like there's some parts that are like really up and coming, and there's some really really nice restaurants. Yeah, and like the area that I live, so you can get like all t- all different types of food and go to like super nice restaurants for like fifty uh, percent of the price that it would cost, like maybe somewhere else, like in a big mm-hmm. city. Right, right, right. It's crazy. So, what made you decide to come back to the U.S.? Um, lots of things, you know, over the, over the course of growing the business, there was, um, well, growing a business at different stages needs different things. And we came to a stage where it was growing so fast, we actually needed to have an office. And so we started getting an office and then we started adding a lot of people to the office and we got like an office where there's like 20 plus people working in it. And I'm one of the dudes like supposed to be running it, you know, and I came back and visited a couple of times and I was like the vibe. You know, like, I, I feel like I need to be part of the culture, too, because culture is such an important part of growing a company. Like, you fuck up the culture, dude, fucks everything. Kind of like your mind. Like, you know, it's not just, like, just go do the work. It's all, there's a lot about the mindset that you have. So I need to make sure that that mindset is integrated into the company. And I felt like a pull to come back and cultivate that. You know what I mean? And actually just be a part of it. It's kind of weird if, like, one of the main dudes is, I don't know, somewhere living, right? Right, because... <clears throat> To sort of give like a visual idea of what it is, it's this giant, you have the whole 15th floor of this giant office building in downtown St. Pete that overlooks the Tampa Bay. Yeah, we do now. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and there's, I don't know how many, there's there's dozens and dozens of employees in yeah, there. Yeah, there's like 45 people working in the office 45 right people. now. Okay, yeah. okay. And it's just like this super dope, like modern area with bean bags and like yeah. different rooms and hangout areas and yeah. a fridge full of LaCroix. Yeah. Yeah. Typical <laughs> style, right? And just people just walking around, you know, doing fun shit. And, yeah. That's cool, and, man. And working. And you you weren't there in the beginning. No. And now you're there. So yeah, I'm there. now you're able to walk around and talk to everybody every day. And you guys do cool stuff and yeah. have story time. And, and another part was, like, I couldn't really, like, uh, I got married this year, and I wasn't married, and you know, before that, clearly. You and me both. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember. We uh, I held we had ring. some good moments together. Yeah, yeah, we had some good moments. Yeah. You held my ring, my, yeah. my engagement ring, while we were in Costa Rica. Or yeah. no, where were we at? We were in Costa Rica. In Mexico. Mexico. Yep. Yeah. It was good times. It was good times, dude. But, um, yeah, it, it, we, we didn't used to have the office, and I, I wasn't married. So, um, like, if I was going to move here, like, I kind of had to marry Wendy, too. I mean, so it all kind of happened at a really good time. Um, Wendy and I got married, and she got her visa, and then I was able to actually, like, really move here. So That's dope, dude. Yeah, it was beautiful. It all worked out. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, ve- I'm a very lucky guy. So let's go back to uh, talk a little bit more about, like, uh, marketing and 
ads and shit like that. Marketing is fucking bananas. It's interesting how <laughs> how it's how uh, companies like yours that that have all subcontractors like like gig based workers yep. who just get to pick the gigs they want to work on. Mm-hmm. I feel like America or the world in general is going that direction. It's going to I feel like it's going to be majority of that type of work in the future and, yeah and like nine to fives are going to kind of fade out especially yeah. as like the college institution starts to die off which it's already doing and it's gonna it's when it's gone and it people aren't just going to college to get jobs i feel like that's going to take over people are it's all going to be kind of freelance work people mm-hmm. just going online and getting gigs yep. based on whatever they're good at uh, I want to be good at this. I'm going to watch a couple of videos, learn how to do it, and then I'm going to go see if I can get paid to do it um, yeah. with someone like the Hoth or with like Fiverr or shit like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about a lot of different things in, in that statement, but in general, yeah, there's way more opportunities for everybody. And like the idea of the freelance economy, like being able to work whenever you want or choose your work and not have to do the same job all the time. That idea is exploding right now. I mean, like, look at look at what Upwork is. Look at there's a company called TopTal. I love Upwork, dude. Yeah, yep. I use it all the time. Yeah, a lot of businesses get started on Upwork. I have a lot of friends that started their own business. Like a lot of friends that were like um, in Medellin or working virtual, um, they started a company like literally on Upwork, just going in because there's people posting jobs that says like, "Hey, I need somebody to do this," and you can go and you can say like, "Hey, man, I can do that for you." And you get the job and then you literally just do it, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple, but, um, that means you can, the things that are important to you, which is a lot of things that are important to our people, our age is like, I want to work, not go into that office, right. I do not want to commute. They want freedom. I don't even have a car. I want to, when I want, and, right. or maybe like, let's say you want to like go to like another country, like let's say somewhere South America, or maybe you want to go to Eastern Europe or you want to go to Thailand or something like that. There's these like big expat hubs that you can go to. And a lot of people are like, yo, um, I can't afford to travel. And the crazy thing is that it's cheaper to go there a lot of times than it is to stay wherever you're at. It's wild, dude. That is pretty And insane. so the things that people care about, they can meet those requirements by, you know, by doing this freelance economy type stuff. You become a freelancer, go do whatever you want. Don't work the typical nine to five. And then right. you get to travel the world. You get to live. Just bring your MacBook with you wherever you want. Exactly, man. And it's crazy. I thought there was like a handful of people doing this. No, it's like a literally global movement, man. I met like literally That's hundreds crazy. of people in Medellin alone. There's, there are, there are thousands right now that are like expats from the U S from Canada, from all over the world that have came to Medellin as like a, as like a nomadic center. But that's not even a big nomadic center, dude. Like Southeast Asia, Thailand, that's a huge one, dude. There's probably tens of thousands of expats there right now working from their laptops. That's wild. I man. would say working from laptops on the beach, but those people are <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, those yeah, people you, are psycho. Have you ever? Who would? Who the fuck would take your laptop to the you beach? You know how too? hot those laptops it's so get, hot. dude. Plus, trying to read in the sun—that's a terrible idea. Yeah, Never fuck. work from the beach with <laughs> oh, your laptop. That sounds like hell. You should be drinking margaritas on the beach, not working. Hell yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta fucking learn to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, you should be working in an air-conditioned apartment, and then yeah, that's how I would do it. But, yeah, man, outsourcing in general, like, that's huge now. And actually, um, I've read some statistics on freelancing. I'm not going to quote any because I would sound stupid because I don't know them off the top of my head. Yeah. But the freelancing economy, the idea that um, 
bigger companies, instead of hiring somebody now, like in onboarding them and paying benefits and all this kind of stuff, they're really, a lot of companies are now into just hiring a person specific for this job. They don't care where you are, whatever. They'll pay you even more than they would pay like a normal person because to onboard a person is crazy high. If they can hire a specialist that can just come in and nail a project, that's that is really growing. That's why the freelance economy is growing so much right now. Yeah, and also like like basic media companies like like Forbes or or any kind of magazine, Vice. Their majority of their people are remote, and they're just writing articles for a flat rate that get posted on a website. I mean, Vi- I mean uh, Forbes is a great great example yeah. of that. Well, I mean, in, in industries where it typically costs a lot to produce something. I think writing is a big one. I mean, think about how much it costs to onboard like a writer, pay for their benefits, their salary, mm-hmm. have them in an office. Dude, our office costs twenty five thousand dollars a month. Right, okay? rent, rent yeah. every month. Yeah, that's not like including snacks, all that other <laughs> everything, you know, whatever. That's not the power bill. Sure. Yeah. So, so man, think about like what if that expense just doesn't happen now. There's ways that you can cut costs, and like people don't people don't even want to come to the office. They fucking hate traffic, dude. Cut the whole so, office. So fine, no no office. All right, you work virtual. We'll hire a freelancer, dude. You cut out tons of expenses. The product it stays the same. You know what I mean? Actually, it might even get better because the writers are happier about whatever they're yeah, doing. Yeah. So what's you know? the point? At home. Exactly. Yeah. So for us, there's some <laughs> positions where it makes sense to have an office. I'm, we're not going to get rid of an office because we need it. Yeah. There's different times at a company when you need different things. Right now, like a lot of people in the office are managers, like. We have people that manage the 500 people, 500 outsourced team. Yeah. And we need we want that person in office for a lot of other reasons. Right, right, right. But the idea of companies hiring freelancers to just snipe projects, like that economy is exploding. Mm-hmm. So if somebody want, is thinking about like, oh, I don't know, should I get a real job or should I be a freelancer? If you're right. talented, dude, there's a huge You'll economy. Work. There's a, oh, yeah, hell yeah. There's a, yeah. If you want to go after it, dude, there's a huge economy but for A lot it. of people are afraid, though, to leave that 9 to 5, you know yep. what I mean, leave the security of that yep. with all the benefits to just go full-time freelance. Yep. yep. It's a scary jump to make until you do yeah, it. Well, until you have, you see 1 billion other people doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I actually, I have this, like, this theory. It's called the river theory. It's for um, uh, wussies like me. Uh, like I am, I am a very risk averse person or used to be, I'm a little less now, but I'm, I mean, I'm coming from like the middle of Indiana, like I'm conservative, you know, like yeah. I'm very risk averse. I don't want to take risks. I'm like not necessarily like an entrepreneur at heart, not from beginning. Right, right, right. And like, I have this theory, like the river theory, which means it's like, if you know, you want to go in that direction, you know, but you're too scared to like, just go there. You can like, just get around people that are going there and hop in the river with them and like you know <laughs> yeah yeah that that it'll help you like get get yeah. there that's that's a way that that is a good way that's a good method <laughs> just get around people that are going where you want to go or right. or are where you want to go right and then it's crazy how like things become possible yeah like do you remember there's a big um uh you know uh roger banister i think this is his name uh, he's the guy that first ran the the four minute mile Mm-mm. something like that Five minute mile. I don't, I don't think I've heard yeah. of him. Anyway, the first guy that broke like the five minute mile. Dude, okay. that sounds so stupid because I don't know if it's a five minute or four minute mile. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, this guy nobody could run that fast, and then this guy broke it, and then right after that, like ten more people broke that record. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so the whole the whole idea being that like 
dude. It's, Once you know it's possible, exactly. it, everybody can do it. So if you can just go find those people, which there's communities everywhere to find out people that are like you that are doing what you want to do, yeah. dude, then it becomes possible in your mind, and then, like, immediately, like, you can start doing that stuff. Right, right. You know, that that's, that's the way to hack it. Do you guys work with, like, any publishing companies or any, like, big, like, media companies or anything like that? Or Kind of. Um, we have some things in the work right now with some crazy big, like, multi-billion dollar companies. Because really? of, like, literally what we're talking about right now, which is um, publishing companies, they have a lot of costs, you know, and their costs are high and their profits are shrinking, like publishing companies, right? So if you're trying to run, like, a newspaper, you're, you're I mean, your margins are shrinking. So people are trying to move that digital. But digital is all about, you know, they're selling like CPM ads on the sides, you know, like banner ads. And that's based on uh, CPM. It's like cost per cost per thousand impressions. Right. And so they just need more inventory, you know. And so they need – and the way to get more inventory is to have more articles that rank in Google. And so the cost of them having like people in office, like journalists writing articles. Crazy. Is like so high. And plus the articles that they write are news. So they go up and they go down. Like, they, they don't rank in Google for, like, a long time. Right. Because it's like, this happened today. Tomorrow, we don't care about that. They have to write new shit all the time. So we have an ability to create this, like, evergreen content, plus we're an SEO company that ranks stuff. Yeah. And so we have some uh, things that we've been, you know, working on, some different models that, you know, this could be pretty interesting for a publishing industry because we have literally a workhouse of 500 people, and we can triple that very easily. We're literally producing, we're, we're producing over 50 million words of content, you know, per year. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's fucking uh, insane. Way, way over 50 million, okay? It just depends. I'm just trying yeah. to throw, give you the scale of what we yeah. create. And we create uh, content that is evergreen, meaning that it'll rank forever. It's already optimized for SEO, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, we can just do it at a very low cost, like a wholesale cost, because everything that we built is scalable, processized, and it's built by cost per, you know, article mm-hmm. outsourced workers. Right. That's interesting. It's like they're trying to they're trying to just, like, feed the – I mean, it's a whole argument of, like, quality versus quantity. And obviously, it's seem- both in Google. Mm-hmm. It's like quantity wins. Well, it, it's it both. seems like that. Is that true? I mean, it's both. You need both. You need both quantity. How, how and do quality. you have both? How do you how do you have like find a balance between quantity and quality? Because I mean, there's uh, like there's people fucking on YouTube who just sit there and, and talk to the camera about nothing for ten minutes, and they do it every single day, uh-huh. and they just get insane amount of fucking views. I, I think there's like there's different. I don't want to comment on it all because there's different reasons that certain things happen, right? But in for Google, um, what works is having a big fucking website, right? Meaning, like, you ever see the same sites come up all the time? You know, like Wikipedia comes up fucking every search, right? Yeah. Okay? That's because Wikipedia is, like, an amazingly strong website, and it has a billion pages on it, right? Uh, so Google loves these big websites that are big brands, these big trustworthy brands. And so... Um, you got to have a uh, – if you have a lot of quantity, yes, that's good for multiple reasons. Number one uh, is because it's going to make your website bigger so you're like a bigger brand in Google's eyes. So you, have more, and, you have more pages and, and on your website. And number two, you got more pages. That means you got more chances to rank. You can okay. write about everything. You okay. know what I'm saying? Right. So you have more chances to rank because every single page is about some kind of different keyword that somebody's wow. searching for, right? Okay? So that's quantity. But then you also have to qual- have to have quality. 
because if people come to your website, um, the best thing is is keep them coming back to your website. And if they get to your website and you have shitty content and they're like, uh, yeah, this website sucks, they're never going to come back to your website again. Hmm. So you have to have both. The good thing is, like, we found a way to do both, right? Right. We only hire the top 1% of writers, so we know we got quality. We train them, all this kind of stuff. And then we do it on a very scalable process, so we have shitloads of scale. We can produce literally thousands of articles a week. Yeah. So... We got both, and that's the way to do it. Do both quantity and quality. But you can't mix quantity and quality because then you'll go fucking broke. Well, if you're one person, you can't mix them, right? If you're one person, you either, like, bang out a bunch of articles or you bang but, out a Yeah, but even pieces. if you're not but one person. We, we have a lot of people that are trained to do the same thing. Yeah, but you're, you mean, if you want to have both at the same time, you have to hire the best of the best, the best journalists, the best writers, yeah. the best video producers, or whatever. You can't afford to hire the best of the best times a thousand. I mean, right. you have to be able to. Right. You have to be able to compromise. And that's where that's where you got to. That's why I can't comment out on on every single yeah. way on that quantity yeah. and quality. I'm talking about from an SEO perspective and publishers. Okay. And or I mean, you know, like regular publishers. Yeah. Um, there's definitely. You know, like let's say HBO or something. Uh, you know, they like every show has got to be pretty fucking good quality. You know what I yeah. mean? They're gonna spend a lot of money to produce one episode of one show. How's their fucking SEO? HBO. They don't. They don't need. I mean, they 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 might need SEO, but I mean, like that's not their gig. You know that that's not how they make their money through SEO. Because people know. People I mean, that's a very good. That's a very good example. HBO. That's a very good example. HBO is a very good example. Yeah. Well, because I, they only spend. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. They spend how many millions of dollars per episode? Over yeah. five million an episode. Right, and in that case, it makes way more sense to do quality. Right. I mean, but they yeah. still did quantity too because they did fuck twelve seasons. Of that <laughs> yeah, shit, they did. Right? <laughs> they spent so much yeah. fucking money, dude. Exactly. Every every episode was a movie. Got to be making it back though. What's that? Got to make it back. Make that money yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Netflix is... So, what's a stronger brand? HBO or Wikipedia? Uh, Dude, these are two totally different things and two totally different markets. I would say that HBO is a stronger brand because Wikipedia is asking me for $5 every time I'll go to their website. So They're poor. They're fucking broke. They're fucking broke. Are people paying it? I think so. I don't know what actually you know happened Wikipedia. I didn't. I didn't pay for it. But damn, this yeah. fucking kid sucking down the white claws, dude. I had one. I only had like two. I, of I know them. this guy's had like six. Two. The problem is white claws. Is I need double strength, man. Maybe this, we this need an app that can deliver us white claws. Fuck yeah, dude! Rapping needs to exist in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is we need to get like a, a bunch of like uh, low. low um, we need to like totally change the minimum wage to be able to like make it financially viable. You know what I mean? And also we it's have to we have to yeah. we have to construct cities in a different way so all the buildings are close together. Yeah. And then everyone has to ride motorcycles yeah. and stuff. So see there's just there's just things that are different that yeah. <laughs> that make it economically feasible. So what's the key to making like a podcast good? You gotta just do like a hundred of them a Fuck day. Fuck if I know, dude. I don't run podcasts. <laughs> but think, you, you, gotta, you gotta think about it like so a website, got, right? You gotta have no. more pages. No, everything's different. Dude. So YouTube is not the same. So YouTube does not yeah. rank the same as Google. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, because yeah. we were. I was like, um, the thing about YouTube is. Okay, so I, I I live in the Google world, right? Because Google is the largest search engine in the world. Google is like one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, and dude, literally just ranking on Google can make you literally millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, just ranking, um, if you're in the right industry and stuff like that, you can make or break your business 100%. Um, and the thing is like when people go to Google every time they, 
they're typing in something because they're looking for something. They're trying to solve a problem, right? It's like there's an intent of that search, right? I need to figure out how to get this wine out of my carpet. I'm looking for a fucking plumber. You know, they're looking for something very specific, right? right? right. Where YouTube is a little bit different. Most most of the traffic yeah. on YouTube to people's um, videos is not by people searching. Even though YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, most of the traffic is not via people searching. Most of the traffic is people that see this shit on the right-hand side that says, like, suggested videos. Um, they're clicking on that, right? That's where, like, 80%... What's up? Talk a little bit closer. Okay. That's where like 80% of your traffic is coming from is like people clicking on suggested videos. So while optimizing for searches in, in YouTube is important, people are looking for things. People search for things in YouTube. The more important thing for YouTube is to have like a clickbaity type title or a, a good, you know, and or a good uh, thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's why I like. Um, you know, viral type stuff works on YouTube so well. It's because people just keep clicking on that shit. You know, they're not searching for things. When not, I, I not am, the, though. When the, I, whenever I yeah. want to find something, I, 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 it's probably a 50-50 I'm going to YouTube to yeah. find the answer. No, don't get me wrong. Not yeah. that people, it's not that people do not search on YouTube. There's we, a lot of people that do. But I'm I, saying the majority of traffic that people get to their videos is through suggested videos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, so, you, if so, you look on okay. your channel, that makes sense. If, if you look on your channel, and you break down like w- w- oh, where it's, it is. I can show you right. I, I can look at it right now. Yeah, it's all. It's like eighty percent suggested videos, probably. So you should optimize for SEO. Like you should optimize your titles and stuff. If you're talking about something specific, if you have a guest on that's really popular, you when they t- when people type in their name, they're searching for it. Yeah, definitely have that in your title. But I would prefer to have a crazy title. Suggested right. videos, thirty three percent. Browse features, thirty one percent. Okay. What is browse features? Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a YouTube expert. So. Okay. <laughs> hmm. But most of it like is not search, right? Search was like 30%. The other 30%. Search. YouTube search, 8%. 8%. There you go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> well, so, look at, okay, no, that's, that's different external. It's because people might search for concrete. People might search for a guest that you had on. Yeah, yeah. But what they're mostly going to do is they're going to be like watching that and they'll click over some other shit, you know. Right, that's, right, right. That's where most of the traffic is going to be. And so that's why you want those thumbnails to look so good. Mm-hmm. So in this video, if we were optimizing for SEO, we'd be mm-hmm. like Clayton Johnson, SEO, The Hoth, you know, anything that we would be talking about in this. But I think it would work so much better if we had some kind of crazy title, you know. Yeah, but would it? Because if you look at <clears throat> some of the I'm biggest. Because I'm not popular. <laughs> look at if, if you look at some like the biggest thing. I mean, this is like I said. You I mean you said you're not an expert, but an argument to that would be like look at some of the biggest YouTube creators. Like for example, look at fucking PewDiePie. You read yep. his titles. Like sometimes he just it types in some weird Greek font and exactly. just makes up some fucking bullshit. That's what I'm saying. That uh, he doesn't need to optimize for SEO. So people, yeah, right. So people are familiar with his, with his, with him and his character and his content, yep. and. They basically at that point, all you need to see is a thumbnail with his face, and you're just gonna mm-hmm. fucking click on it. Yep. I mean, if you're doing entertainment content, yeah, yeah. that's way better. Now right. there, there's a big play Facts that you first. can do. Well, yeah, yeah, that's entertainment content. Yeah. Now there's another play that you could do. So like, let's say, let's say like for instance, you wanted to sell Bluetooth headphones, right? You can make a video that's like best Bluetooth headphone reviews because people love reviews mm-hmm. online, tech reviews, and then like you would optimize your video for that, and people do search for that. That's not only going to come up when people search for headphone reviews in uh, YouTube. 
That's also going to come up in Google too. You know, have you ever you ever been searching yeah. on Google and yep. a bunch of videos up at the top? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. That's why you got to optimize that for SEO. So that's a different play because this is an entertainment show versus like trying to sell something or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's or like even how to. Right, you know, right. How to videos well, do you should optimize for, for something. Yeah, There's also a whole wave of people that just don't want to be entertained. They want to fucking learn shit. Yep, sure. Like they listen to these long ass videos or listen to them on on Spotify or iTunes or whatever because they want to like learn new things. They're on car. Yeah. It's like it's like listening to an audio book kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have somebody on there who whatever is really like an expert in something and you want to learn more about that, it's yeah. So it's kind of like a whole. It's very new. It's a very new type of audience to. Mm-hmm. To YouTube or to I love it. It's like a knowledge yeah. explosion. But what people right. really want, people what really want, they want infotainment, dude. Infotainment. What's infotainment? Infotainment is information, but that's entertaining at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know how when you read books as, as a kid or in school, you're like, okay, this is information, and it's so painfully boring? Yeah, dude. Okay, information exists everywhere. What doesn't exist is information in an entertaining way. Right. You know what I mean? That's why, like, the best... <laughs> There's a bunch of people like on- online right now on YouTube that teach like how to program, but it's kind of almost like a vlog while they're teaching you how to program. You know what I mean? They like tell they they tell you like, behind the scenes like how to- hey guys how's it going? It's yes. me, it's yeah. Oscar. Today yes. I'm gonna be programming my hacking my iPhone 12. <laughs> yeah, and they'll do stuff like that. Like, uh, let me teach you how to program through this. Smash that like button. <laughs> ah, well, yeah, but they'll teach you how to like uh, program through real world situations or show you like I know there's like a dude that was like here this is me doing an interview with Google or something like that and they'll like do like the interview live so you can see it so it's like entertaining and informative at the same time yeah 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 so if if you're a content creator and you want to do how to shit make it entertaining because that information already exists online right. it's just painfully boring that's true yeah. People just really want to be entertained, dude. They do. People are just bored all the time. <laughs> so like that spend all their time on the phone and on the internet. Dude, God, you know damn. How, you know how people you know how bored people are. All right, think about this. How many times do people just sit? They go through their entire day, and they get to like the last few seconds of the day, and they're just going like this, and their phone laying, laying in their bed, just going like this, like, please, God. Give me like Something one good. more thing of entertainment before fucking. I saw like, a great tweet. I saw. I retweeted this. I saw this on Twitter. This guy posted, uh, "Scrolling is the new smoking." Dude, for show, for show, man. People are just painfully That's bored. True. That's why if you can give them some like good uh, infotainment, dude. That's where it's at. And they can stop scrolling and watch your infotainment. Like well, if they're going to scroll, cocaine. why don't they stop on your video and give you like the right. ad revenue or sell them a product or something? Yeah. <laughs> or help them. I mean, like that's really at the core of it is like you're trying to help people. They're looking yeah. for stuff, you know. They're looking for ways to improve their lives, like get better headphones or whatever. Dude, <laughs> infotainment. The, yeah. I just saw, um, you know, like kids content is a huge thing on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of moms sitting at home being like, how the fuck do I make kids? Raise this kid. Raise this kid. <laughs> how do I raise this kid? I give Damn. him a fucking, I give him an I iPad. I again. <laughs> YouTube will teach me how to do this. Yeah, I'll just figure out how to raise this kid I'm on pregnant YouTube. again. Just YouTube. buy another iPad. Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> to play with kids, YouTube? No, 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 How no. How do I make this kid go to sleep? Yeah, no, yeah. They have they have the entertainment, like the cartoon shit on YouTube, like YouTube Kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like like kids opening, like little kids opening toys, or people opening toys, and kids will sit there and veg out on the iPads watching these YouTube videos for hours. Yeah. And people use that as babysitters for their children. It's genius. I don't know, but we're we're in a weird generation. We're the first generation that like. Grew up half without the internet and half with the internet. You yeah. know what I mean? 
So, like, this will never be again. Like, when I tell my kids that, like, I didn't have internet or I didn't have a cell yeah. phone when I was, like, growing up, they'd be crazy. like, Dad, you're a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. That is nuts. But what I, what I was uh, trying to get to was Sorry. just this starting this week, YouTube is phasing out um, monetization on kids' content. Hmm. They gave him like four months saying, okay, we're going to, because there's so, such a huge part of YouTube relies yeah. on this. They made a, a huge announcement that the, in four months from now, they're going to stop this. Mm-hmm. So now all these people, like people have to stop, have to find something else to do. No, they don't. It's crazy, dude. No, they don't. What do you mean they don't? Because they can do advertorials. <laughs> because they can put integrated like advertisements into their videos. You know, like product placement. Yeah, they, like that's, that's the most common yeah, way that true. people refer to it. As, like, product that's placement. true, but that's a because huge that's, loss of revenue. Just straight up Google ad revenue. Yeah, but they have enough views that they can demand like huge amounts. They still the have the attention. Yeah, yeah, they still got, as long as you have the attention, then you can still sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. And then if like it's a really big deal, there's lots of ways around. It. They can start. They can start getting people to subscribe on an email and start siphoning them off to like another platform where they're going to run ads on them. So. No, yeah. lots, of, lots of different ways Siph- to Siphoning off their subscribers to sign up for an email list. Yeah, be like, we're going to do exclusive content, but we're only going to be doing it on our, our <laughs> website from now on. So subscribe to our email list, and we'll let you know when it launches. And then when it launches, you have a list of like 2 million people. Yeah. And you email them every time you come out with a new video. And now they're not going to YouTube anymore. They're only going to your yeah. website, and then you're running shitloads of ads all over your website doing the fuck that you want with it. So yeah, yeah, there's true. lots of ways around whatever platform. You know, yeah. I mean, the real thing is the attention. Like, if you have the attention and you can capture that and you have the relationship with the audience, you can put them wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What did I just read today? Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle's new uh, – Dave Chappelle said that uh, <laughs> uh, strippers are like the street version of Google. Strippers <laughs> are the street version of Google. What? I don't understand. Yeah, that. That, you got to break that down. I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. I think he meant like strippers basically know a lot about a lot of th- a lot of shit. You can ask a they stripper. They got the scoop uh, on everything. They got the, they got the scoop on everything. They got okay. the lowdown about a lot of okay. shit. You fucking get a lap dance from a stripper. You can ask her about this, that, and the third. Where She's you want to go to oh, eat? Yeah. Where you need to buy some some oh, weed at? Yeah. Where you want to okay. where you want to score some drugs? Where you want to do anything? What's the closest gas station? <laughs> strippers know. They know. Okay. Is Wawa still open? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, dude. Dude, Dave Dave Chappelle is that new stand up is uh, is pretty good. Is amazing. Like, yeah, but they were just saying that how like all these uh, all these big uh, um, news platforms like Vice and uh, and Vox were crushing him, saying don't watch Dave Chappelle's new. They were. They they yeah. said I don't know. They said Why? he like uh, don't watch it. It's terrible because he's kind of like controversial. I guess he talks about that's the point gay being people a comedian, right? and you know the LGBT and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so these yeah. Are like people like Vice but who are super super yeah, left wing, super okay. left wing media companies are like saying don't watch they Dave Chappelle's new thing. Even Rotten that. Tomatoes had uh, a zero yeah, percent. They were like mm. you don't need to watch this. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a zero percent, where it was just people that worked for Rotten Tomatoes that were pay- that were hired to rate it. They mm. gave it a zero percent. Did you watch it? I didn't politics. Watch it. I'm gonna watch Did you watch it? it? Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> What'd you think? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, he does like, you know, he crosses the line between like offending people. Fuck yeah, he does. And and it's comedy, but yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, you know, anybody that goes up there and just talks it how they think it, I think is admirable. Yeah, I think you dude, know? Dave Chappelle, like, it's hard because we live in this this time right now where it's like a hypersensitive yeah, it's very society. people. And Dave Chappelle is like one of the few people that somehow is able to talk about, you know, hard stuff like this. Yeah. And like that's the beauty of comedy. Like the beauty of comedy is like the darkness of 
like being human brought out into the yeah. light and like the be- the best comics like have to talk about that type oh, of stuff for sure. oh yeah and like the best thing is like i mean it's hard like for me to say anything because i have had so much you know growing like i'm i'm a white dude in america you know yeah. like yeah. <laughs> i have nothing to white say white privilege you know? clayton right some people would be like you know nothing you've never suffered about anything um and so it's hard for me to say anything but i mean one of the beautiful things about comedy is like being vulnerable and like bringing out like bad shit and like mm. talking about it and laughing about it like that yeah. is comedy at its core yeah, and it's yeah. a beautiful thing for everyone if you can do that like he even addresses it specifically in his stand-up special he said he had a a, a trans woman um coming to his uh his gigs and he's gonna make a bunch of trans jokes and yeah. he was like she laughed harder than any fucking Anybody. person <laughs> yeah, that was there her. he has specifically addressed that and like i think that's like one of the beautiful things yeah. about comedy you know mm-hmm. so definitely if if you if you can participate in that or if you just want to think about what you don't want instead of what you want <laughs> exactly you can fucking go have a terrible life <laughs> go have you're, a like, terrible own time little, own little hole lock yourself in a room and fucking feel <clears throat> terrible all the time mm. so Whatever you want to do with your life. Stuff exactly. to you. <laughs> Move Sweet, to Columbia. Man. So what's next for Clayton in the hall? What's uh what's what's uh what's on the horizon? Oh man, we got so so many cool things happening, man. I, I mean like I one one of the coolest things that I've been working on is there's so many different parts about growing a company and it requires so many different skills at every stage, right? And you know, just like I, I really focus on that kind of What's limiting me at that time was my, my inner person, you know? And I had a big breakthrough then. Well, I need another big breakthrough. Mm. You know what I mean, we, mm. come, we come to a new point because you have to do – you have to have a totally new skill sets at different times. And then at that time, I just needed to change myself. Like I needed to change my schedule. I needed to change what I worked on during the day. I need to change my mentality. Now we're at a point where we have to manage. Like we have got 45 people in the office. So now I have to figure out how to – organize this structure here and manage people and people want different things now so now instead of focusing on just making the company like marketing it better i gotta focus on giving people like a career path you know and encouraging them and showing them these this good mentality and then you know creating opportunities for them and then at the same time serving our customers at a higher level so expanding our products and services it's a really complicated thing it requires a whole new mindset so that's the kind of stuff that okay. I'm working on. Okay. Yeah. Cool, dude. Yeah, man. Self-improvement. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Yeah. Cool, dude. Well, that was a good podcast. All right. Thanks for having Let's me. Let's wrap it up. Let's go have some more White Claws. Thank yeah. You. Thanks, White Claw. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and your uh, and all your wisdom. Yeah. Thanks for having it's me, It's been bro. great. Sweet. Thanks, Much dude. Love. All right. Peace, guys. Thanks, bro.